it's like a it's like a biscuit, so mm-hmm. it's got some flour in it. So it is um, a half cup water, four tablespoons of butter, with a half cup of fresh grated Gruyere or Gruyere. I can't say Gruyere. it. Gruyere. Hey, there look, you go. I got one on you. you. I, high five. I pronounced something correctly. <laughs> <and> probably can't. <laughs> Understand. I'm just a man with the pork fat baby back blues. Good day, you all, and welcome to episode 61, Thanksgiving Appetizers. Yeah, like we're not going to be filling up <laughs> on the dinner. Let's get you full before you even eat. That's exactly right. We want to make sure that you're ready for those turkey sandwiches later, too. Yes. So, um, look, it's time to break out the kitsch family favorites, because some of these things we only see once a year, like cheese balls, yeah. French onion dip. Uh, dips that you can stuff in, uh, stuff into a cob loaf, like a spinach dip, artichoke dip. Yeah, or the noise vegetable dip. Yes, yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about how many servings you need, what soaks up the alcohol the best. <laughs> <laughs> To help dinner right. conversation later. And if too. you're missing the alcohol, just go to our last episode. Last, yeah, they should run nicely into each other. Yes. Um, pre- uh, not literally. <laughs> uh, pre-dinner drinks uh, need accompaniments. So uh, this is what we're talking about because you want to control how drunk Uncle Phil is yeah. on the day. <laughs> well, the accompaniment. So Phil. I'm is- bringing you to drinks. So you're ready to listen up. That's right, everyone. Yeah. Let's have to have a... Uh, talk before we start. These topics are not covered. Yeah. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Well, yeah, it's, it's getting that time of year. Oh, I do love it's it. It's not cold. No, I know. No. That bit makes me sad. Yeah, I know. Even boy, up in Northern California, it's colder. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, it's sweater weather. Mm. And uh, also, that makes for more drinking inside and being cozy. Yes. And also, you know, you have a whole day. So Thanksgiving, the way we celebrate it here, like you and Jeanette, if you don't do it on the weekend, if you have it in the night, you just have dinner. Yes. But yeah, yeah. So we, we spread it out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have it the week before, yep. the week after, or on the day. So it's three days. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is... To help when you have that long, slow sort of ease mm. into it. But, you know, as most Americans know, this is a really a very traditional non-sectarian holiday. Yep. Biggest holiday in America. Biggest travel time in America. So it's time to all give thanks. That's right. Put the, the last two years behind us. <laughs> give thanks to the next couple ahead of yeah, us. Yeah. Let's just hope that uh, we get there without going into lockdown. That's right. And it'll be nice for us because we'll be actually be able to celebrate with friends yeah. and family. And a lot of you probably listen to this afterwards at just coming back from America. That, yes. After that, all this time. Oh, that'll be that being on a plane. I can't imagine anymore, but it'd be lovely. And you know, Thanksgiving is the most traveled day of the year. Uh, when you talk about travel. Hmm. Now, Phil. Yes. Our usual job. Oh, the housekeeping. The housekeeping. You're not the whole Hoover. <laughs> Where's Hazel? <laughs> At my house. <laughs> okay. So we got the listener discount. Uh, so you know how that works. So if you buy anything online or click and collect, use our secret code. And it's still November. Yes. Might be the last one, but it's still November. That's right. It's stuffing. Stuffing it or is. Stuff in. It's stuffing, and you can look for a little purple uh, listener discount logo next to the item, or you can search for it in the little search bar above. Mm-hmm. And if everyone who's enjoying listening to us, we hope you are, please feel free to subscribe, share, and you can engage with us at podcast at USAfoods.com. 
com.au. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget, at the end of the show, we got the Ripper, Ripper Recipe Roundup. Mm-hmm. Got that out. Yes, you and did. And Personal Product Best. Yes. So who would it be this week? Uh, well, we'll work I think it it's in. you. I think it's me. Yes. Okay. So today's show, appetizers, types, recipes, and memories. Yes. Mm. Good Thanksgiving memories. Yeah. And then we can't go by without having a presidential fun fact. Oh, well, I this love is this a one. lot of presidents. I love this one. Can I read this one? Yeah, Because I just love the irony of it. Mm. Um, the history of the U.S. presidents pardoning turkeys is patchy. Harry Truman is often credited with being the first president to pardon a turkey, but this is not quite true. He was the first to receive a ceremonial turkey for national turkey from the National Turkey Federation, and he ate yeah, it. He did. <laughs> oh, that's what you're supposed to do with a turkey. <laughs> John F. Kennedy was the first to let the Thanksgiving turkey go, yeah. followed by Richard Nixon, who sent his turkey to a petting zoo. He, he pardoned it. He and, and then he was expecting a pardon from the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> and George H.W. Bush is the president who formalized the turkey pardoning tradition in 1989. And it is a wonderfully uncomfortable moment for every president's kids. Yeah. <laughs> And one of the big traditions in America yes. is uh, sitting down on your butt and watching the a... watching the football game. So this all started as so a college football mm-hmm. started in 1876, uh, Yale versus Princeton. There we go. So, and the first NFL games were played in Thanksgiving in 1920. Right. So, well, I... but they never conflict. They never conflict the college with the pros. Well, they're smart like that, those programming people. But I I have the best – the sound of Thanksgiving is football games in the background. I love it. It just – it's the soundtrack to it. Now, if you're trying to work out how many bites per person for um, hors d'oeuvres – if you're hosting 25 to 35 guests, which is a big Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. That's a Martha Stewart man. That is. Even in Or a prison. big Italian family. Yeah. It's about three to four bites per person if a full dinner is to be served. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be safe. So you have to figure out what people might want more of. You need a slide roller for that. <laughs> <laughs> or Google. Google, yeah. <laughs> hey, Google, I'll go. All right, so uh, we'll uh, got to take our first turkey break <laughs> and gobble down some goodies <laughs> and be back very shortly. Okay, we're back. Yes, we are. Now, we're going to start off just with a classification of appetizers. Is this by the USDA, this classification, <laughs> or...? This might have been Martha Stewart. Uh-huh. So here are just, just all sorts of different kinds. And what we call appetizers here are a different thing as well. So, okay, we have cocktails, which consists of several bite-sized pieces of fish, shellfish, um, drinks, and fruit uh, fruit served with a tangy-flavored sauce. Yeah, like shrimp cocktail. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then we've got canapes. The canapé. Now, the only reason I know canapes is from Three Stooges. Canapé, canapé. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe maybe the honeymooners yeah when they had the canapes and ralph <laughs> gave it to norton or norton gave it to ralph right and it was end up being cat food <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's a cracker with chopped liver on it 
Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that because pretty much savory tidbits of food, preferably not for the cat. Yeah. Um, so we've got relishes and crudités. Crudités, crudités. That's like the capitates. <laughs> oh. So Julian, so that's like for the healthy people because that's like your raw julienne carrots, carrots and, and all of that. broccoli and but, but then you, you then you have that bad dip to dip it into. You know that oh, this is so healthy for you. Not the dip, but then look how much you're putting on there. <laughs> and also, you can get the um, what is the like the pickled vegetables? Oh yeah, um, you can put. We used to have a little bowl like like garden. the gherkins and things like that, and the you oh, the, like little the, cauliflower. Yeah, the little the Italian one. Yeah, the so we gardenia used to, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like yeah. yes, and we yeah, used to it was have a, really vinegary. Yeah, it was, and we had a little bowl of that as mm. well that used to go out. Um, salads. Soups and consommes, which yeah. we but salads go a long way. You yeah. know, there's so many different salads. Like when we have it with the the Delbys over here, like everybody like brings a salad. You know, they do. You like know. that is Christmas dinner in some yeah. houses. And some of them have like uh, I, I think it's Jenny that makes the one with pumpkin in it. Mm-hmm. She, she does like roast pumpkin and into the salad, and that's really good. There's and you can do like a grain salad, like a quinoa salad, yeah. or you can do potato salad. You can do chicken salad. All those little things. Yep, and um. Soups and consommes, which we listened to the last podcast. Phil was talking about um, little gazpacho. And you can do those in little shot glasses if you're being extra fancy. Yeah. And that'd be nice, nice little bit. And, you know, and then uh, for Uncle Harry, just put a little bit of the vodka in it. <laughs> and so. and good old chips and dips. That's sort of, yeah. we have some of that at our house too. You get the good dip with the Ruffles chips. One thing we got lots of in his store is also said. Chips and everything, every different. Now we got those new ones, the pickless pork rinds. <laughs> so if you feel guilty about eating pork rinds, yes. which are like really good, it's like eating a crackle. Basically, it's That's, the same thing, it is. just done differently. Or if you have members of the family who don't eat meat, yep, there you can try mm-hmm. that as well. You can cater to everyone. Yep. And as my dad used to say, horsey devies or hors d'oeuvres, um, small portions of highly seasoned food. Um, formerly used to precede a meal served either hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, at our house, and then we'll go into some, we have some recipes and what we do and don't do, but I think we should both speak, when growing up and as adults ourselves, yeah. traditionally like mom would have, you know, plates of, you know, different things to nibble on, like, and, yeah. Yeah, like, now you'd call it a charcuterie board, uh-huh. but then it was just nibbles. No, we call it an antipasta. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you'd have some chips and dips and things around. And I think we would actually start snacking on those about 10 a.m. while we were cooking. And the onion dip. Remember as a kid how good that was? The Lipton soup mix making yes, the onion dip. which we have in. Yeah. In the hat, which we'll be talking and, about as well. Yeah. And then uh, devil eggs it is charcuterie boards or the <laughs> antipasta. <laughs> Our mom used to make these salami. So if you get some salami mm-hmm. and you put cream cheese in the middle, just a spread of cream cheese and a pepperoncini, oh. roll it up, toothpick in the middle. That's nice. Oh, I love those. Oh. And those come out Thanksgiving, Easter, every football game, you know, Super Bowl, all yeah, of that. Like when we go to New York, we go to uh, Bellucci's or whatever down in Lower Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that Jeanette always looks for is they get mozzarella mm. and they slice it thin yes. and then they put uh, bazooka or salami and then they roll it. Oh, okay. Yum. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's fantastic. Like $38 a pound, you know. But it's worth the $38 a pound. A pound. So you did like, so what was happening at your house when well, you we had, kid? Well, we had like the traditional, so like the onion dip and then the, the antipasto. And the antipasto consisted of the Italian style, like the salamis, the uh, supersad, mm-hmm. um, you know, the provolone, you yep. know, things like that was on there. Uh, mostly all traditional Italian stuff. But one thing, my grandmother insisted was on the dinner for Thanksgiving. Yep. There will be no Italian food. Ah. No pasta, nothing that looks Italian. It was all straight American food. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was just because it's America. It's American holiday. It's not Italian holiday. Oh, that's And lovely. she laid the law down. And, that's, and then so it stuck. Yeah. yeah. I think they, they cheated a little bit on the stuffing. Well. You got to have the flavor. My aunts put everything. I I could not tell you what went into that bird. You know, but it was like everything in the kitchen sink. You know, chestnuts was one. Oh. Chestnuts and stuffing is unbelievable. Yes, that and would be plus wonderful. all the gizzards and all that other stuff. Yeah. And I think sometimes when they ran out of this is true, when they ran out of stuffing and didn't have enough stuffing, I think they boiled up a pot of macaroni, like the little bitty ones you use yeah, for yeah. soup. Yes, and use that. And put that into the stuffing too. Well, why not? Yeah, just to <laughs> fill up that bird. Oh, that sounds that sounds yummy. And that was always my favorite part of the Thanksgiving dinner: the stuffing, the stuffing. Well, yes, and the sweet potatoes. Yes, that is the favorite at this house too. I've yeah. been told that maybe I should make two pans of it this yeah, year. It's, yeah, it's just the hell with the the bird. Just make stuffing. Just, yeah, that's exactly what we do. I'll never miss it. <laughs> Just feed them all the stuff. And then they're full. You want any turkey? No, no. Good. I didn't make any. <laughs> That's fine. There's none in there. It's like the turkey from Christmas vacation that blows up. Yeah. Uh, we always, mom makes deviled eggs at every holiday too. Mm-hmm. So that is, now we do ours differently. We've discussed this several times. You yep. do the sweet yeah, version. We do sweet, but that's more Ooh. for Easter. Yeah. And then we do the old fashioned. With the paprika and all that. Yes. And, and mustard and mayo mm-hmm. and relish and all the good stuff. Um, Cheese balls. Now, mm. that is a good old hit that comes out occasionally. We used to like Hills, buy one. You used to go to the mall and get a Hills. Hickory Hills, Farms. Hickory Farms. There it is. <laughs> Zane and I used to taste our way around Hickory Farms <laughs> before they'd run us out. We'd see how many little, because it had samples of everything. Yeah. Summer sausage and all the, oh, for a Hickory Farms summer sausage. Um, so the cheese balls. So you get some, you can do that with um, cream cheese. Mm-hmm. And soften it a bit and get grated cheese in there, whatever you want. So you yeah, can get good te- sharp cheddar. Yes, yeah, something good. something yeah. sharp, and you then you can stick coated with whatever you like. Yeah, you but so usually you nuts. Yeah, so almonds or walnuts, soft nuts like yep. wal- walnuts and pecans. Pecans. pecans, and then break into it. Mm. <laughs> and there's other things that we have. So these are some ideas. So. Um, we talk about appetizers a bit because we kind of can't, we don't get them here like, yeah. you know, like we used to. The, I've looked up a few. Now, one of these, the first one I can't have at my house because uh, someone to the left of me is <laughs> not a fan of brie. Yeah. So, cranberry brie bites. So, if you want some hot hors d'oeuvres out there, the problem is also, may I just say, we have all built open plan kitchens now yeah. and everyone hangs around the kitchen, which I love. Well, Most of the time. That's where everybody is anyway, even before the open plan. Yes. But we want to kind of like get people out of the kitchen while you're doing the ugly stuff. Right. <laughs> the ugly stuff. 
<laughs> like carving the bird up or, okay. you know, all of that. So cherry, uh, cranberry brew bites, you need um, a tube of crescent dough. Now that's going to be a problem. That is. Because of with all the transport issues this year going on, uh, we're not expecting any of that oh. for, the, for the Christmas time because we just can't get the refrigerated transport. Okay. But we do have the Pillsbury hot roll mix. And that will work. And you for can this. substitute that. But it's a little bit more work, but then you have you feel better about it. That's right. It's from scratch. Yes. And the box. But you can <laughs> the box is not really scratch. Yeah. No, but that's okay. We won't tell anyone. If yeah. you bought it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And you can think ahead for Easter as well. So you need a tube of crescent dough, you need some flour, you need a wheel of brie, a half cup whole berry cranberry sauce. Quarter cup pecans, six sprigs of rosemary cut into one-inch pieces. So heat the oven to 375. Grease a mini muffin pan with cooking spray. On a lightly floured surface, roll out your dough and pinch together. Well, it it comes with seams, so you don't need to do that. Cut into 24 squares. Place squares into the muffin tin slots. Cut the brie into small pieces and place inside it. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So you can even do this like with a puff pastry. Make a little little cup. Cup, yeah. Yep. Top with a spoonful of cranberry sauce, some Mm. pecans, and a little sprig of rosemary. Bake until it's golden about 15 minutes. Mm. And that's like its own little thing you can carry. Yep. So that's really good. And a mini muffin pan, like the idea of a good hors d'oeuvre is sort of you can, one bite. You can just yeah, do, just one bite and yep. you know, burn your tongue and your upper, your upper palate. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you done that? Oh, yeah. yes. That's Especially like, with hot cheese. <laughs> well, hot cheese and cranberry. So oh. you're double whammy. Jeez. Oh. Now, there's things like cheese puffs. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever done cheese straws, Phil, like with the – no, I've had tree? them um, a, a lot. Like when I've been on the food shows, there's one lady that makes them and she wants right. us to bring them in here. But uh, they're well, because they're all cheese, they're very expensive. But similar to that, yeah. if you like cheese puffs, then you'll like the Taco Bell. The cheese crackers. The cheese crackers. And it's just which made are, from cheese. Just made from cheese. There's no uh, flour or anything. Yep. It's cheese. I had it's a big yummy. argument to. Uh, <laughs> With our broker. Uh, we haven't had a rant for a whole show, so please no. go. No, so go ahead. she's telling me, wow, this is uh, what the, the main ingredient and the only ingredient is cheese. Yeah. It's a cracker. Well, it's the main ingredient is cheese. It's considered a cracker. <laughs> okay. It says on the label, cracker. It goes down as a biscuit. Tell the government it's a biscuit. It's cracker. That's what it says. That's what it is. I'm, 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 I'm. Oh. I said, Jen, if she don't do it, she's gone. <laughs> So she did it anyway, and uh, no problems. No, because it's cooked. It's cooked cheese at a certain temperature. Blah blah blah. It's considered a biscuit, and yep. biscuits are. And if you uh, are, you know, have a different category. And if you can't have any wheat or anything, yeah, it's that's quite why cheeses and and Cheetos and all that never have a problem coming into the country. Yeah, because they're considered into that category. That's right. Okay, so rent one gone for the day. Okay. So if you want to make some cheese puffs, which mm. I really love these. Are these like cheese sticks or just puffs? Like They're like puffs. So you kind of have um, – it's like a it's like a biscuit. So mm-hmm. it's got some flour in it. So it is um, a half cup water, four tablespoons of butter, half teaspoon of kosher salt, mm-hmm. a half teaspoon of granulated sugar, teaspoon fresh white pepper, a half cup – we call it plain flour here, all-purpose flour, and two large eggs – with a half cup of fresh grated Gruyere, or Gruyere, 
I can't say Gruyere. it. Gruyere. Hey, look, go. I got one on you. You got me, high five. I pronounced something correctly. <laughs> you probably can't. <laughs> I'm shocking that girl. Um, plus more for topping. So once you finish celebrating my lack of pronunciation, you heat the oven to 400. Um, that would be Fahrenheit. Celsius would be a bit scary. So about 200 Celsius. Line a baking sheet with parchment paper. In a saucepan, combine the water, butter, sugar, salt, white pepper, and bring to a boil. Add the flour all at once and stir with a wooden spoon until a dough, smooth dough forms. Continue to cut. uh, cook until it pulls away from the pan. So this is like a shoe pastry, forms a ball, and a film develops around the bottom of the pot. So this is going to take about two minutes. Transfer the uh, the dough to a bowl and continue to mix with a wooden spoon to cool it down about one minute. Beat in the eggs one at a time, mixing until smooth and fully incorporated. Fold in the cheese, which I won't say. Transfer, oh, yeah. That's it. Transfer <laughs> batter into a piping bag or use a, a two-teaspoon cookie scoop and create a small one-inch wide um, mounds on a prepared baking sheet about an inch apart. Top with more cheese and baked until puffed and golden, 20 to 25 minutes, and they are just yummy. Mm. And also, like, when I was lucky enough to go away – um, in Paris, they would often bring you these little, just little cheese puffs instead of like a cookie. Oh, yeah. They put a little plate of these on the table. Oh. And they're just more. Well, you know, you got everybody twitching. A lot of people are twitching after you reading this recipe. Every time you mention wooden spoon. <laughs> the whacker. <laughs> I was lucky. We had the fly swatter. The wooden spoons were yeah. still, they don't trigger me. But you? How about the... Uh, I think my grandma used to chase my dad around with the um, the razor strap. Yeah. It's almost like a rubber hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old John Prime song. I know a guy that had a lot to lose. He beats his old lady with a rubber hose or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the way the world goes around. And yep. yes. One day you're up, next you're down. So Happy now Thanksgiving, you everybody. Artichoke stuffed mushroom. Now we, so what are you stuffing, the mushroom, the artichoke, or the crab? <laughs> you're oh. stuffing the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. But I love stuffed mushrooms, and I miss ordering those at a restaurant. I miss stuffed mushrooms. So you just need – I'm going to go through this quickly because you can kind of mix up any filling you want and yeah. pop it into a mushroom. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, But if you have the chance to do – crab and artichoke is lovely with a bit of cream cheese, um, shredded Monterey Jack, um, garlic – Find some crab meat, um, green onions, Worcestershire sauce, which is probably I would stick with that with whatever you did. Some mm-hmm. kosher salt, ground black pepper, just mix it to how you would like, and then you pop it into the button mushroom, and then you can um, bake it four hundred degrees for about twenty five minutes, and you can also put them in the air fryer because yeah. Phil and I both like our air fryers. So you can place five to eight mushrooms in the air fryer basket, cook mushrooms at three sixty for ten minutes, repeat with remaining mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So you can do that if you find um, an artichoke dip, even the spinach dip that oh, we're yeah, talking the, about, the nor the vegetable spinach, dip. Yeah. All of those you can use to stuff yeah. the mushrooms. And even very simply, you know, you could just if you don't have the time, you want stuffed mushrooms. You got mushrooms that are turning brown. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, take the stem out. Okay, and then some progresso. Ah, uh, uh, yes, Italian uh, bread seasoning. Yep. Okay, it's already flavored. Sprinkle that little olive oil on it. Maybe a little added cheese, like you nice. know, some parmesan. 
Lovely. So just Bob's your uncle, just throw it in there and let it cook. And You're Brendan, done. And Brendan has survived this um, segment because he hates mushrooms. Hates mushrooms? Mm. It's a sad, sad thing. Yeah. There we go. And, and if anyone wants the specific recipe I have for that, give me a um, uh, drop me a line at podcast at USA Foods dot com dot au, and I will send it to you. Could I go for a recipe? Yes, please. Your turn. Just jump in. Now, this is my favorite current thing to eat. Right. Okay. Now, this is uh, a Jamie Oliver from. Uh, it's a comfort food, really. Well, yes. And it's butter and sage nundi. As G N U D I. So right. you go on uh, to uh, you know just Jamie Oliver. Nundi, and you get the recipe. Mm-hmm. But basically, what you're doing, you're getting regatta. Yep. Okay. And it's got to be good. I love Aldi, but don't buy the Aldi regatta because <laughs> the one in the in the little plastic thing is good for making cannolis. It's very loose and, and yep. blended, so to speak. You really want a firm, you know, one that you buy at the market where you I see like the, the wheel of deli. it. Yeah. yeah. You see the wheel, you want a piece of that because that's nice and firm. Okay. So you don't have to drain it that much. So you're getting that, and then you're flavoring it with uh, some Parmesan cheese you're throwing into it, some nutmeg, a little, oh, bit, yeah. a little grated into it. And then you, you can put other things into it. So, uh, you know, like if you want to, as you're forming it, put your finger into the middle of it, then poke some mozzarella in the middle, and then nice. put that ball back. So you're making a ball the size of a golf ball. Okay. All right? And then once you have that and you press it tight together – and if it's still wet, then it's not really that you need to drain the, the regatta just in a strainer and just yep. or a cheesecloth and just let it strain for a little while. Then you need double zero semolina or double zero flour. Either one works. Okay. Okay. Or a combination of both, if you like. So you roll it into the semolina. Now you got to go to a market and get the double zero. So it's really, really fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like baby powder. Right. Okay. Now what this is doing is absorbing all the extra moisture out of the regatta. Okay. Okay. So, and you let that sit like, you know, for an hour or two overnight, and then you dust some more and just roll it around in the pan that you have it in that they're sitting in. Okay. Okay. So, and then once that's ready, and it's probably best to do it and let it chill really good, uh, maybe even overnight. Okay. And not even cover it. You don't even need to cover it because you really want it to dry up. Makes sense. Right. And then even in the morning when you're ready to do it, maybe if you want to put a, you know, just roll them around again with your hands, you know, just covered with some of the semolina, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Put up a pot of boiling water, you know, mm-hmm. salted. Yes. Okay. Now, to cook them, it's really easy. They go in, they drop to the bottom. You yes. know, use one of those big scoopy things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they float up to the top. They're done. Oh, nice. Okay. Drain them out. And then you put them into your pan. Now, so your pan is basically going to be a butter sauce with sage. So it is sage, butter sauce, some of the water that you're cooking because yes. that has that starch in it. That'll thicken it up into that. Pour it all together, and maybe like some of that sage. So you take it out like for an appetizer, like two per person, right? With a little bit of sage on top and drizzle that butter sauce over it. This stuff is so easy, and then a little bit of lemon. That's the other thing. The little add some oh, tonic, squeeze a little bit of lemon on top of it. It is so easy. People will think that you got this from a gourmet recipe. You spent hours and hours to do it, and it all probably take it twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, it says here, uh, I, okay, excuse. Me. So it says here it's forty-five minutes to prepare. You know, or I think that's all up. Preparing it and cooking is forty-five minutes. Yeah. Okay, 
eight eight hours and forty five minutes, so eight hours in the fridge. So yes. he does want you to keep it in the fridge for overnight. Yeah. Okay, to firm it up. But well, again, it's nice it gets, to do something ahead too yeah. that you just take and, out and cook. Yeah, and and only the, the cooking is only boiling water and doing the butter. Yeah. Okay, even the butter you could do in advance and then just warm it up and then throw it all onto you know stir it around into it. Yeah, you know, and you could you know might want to practice first mm-hmm. before you have family over. To, it's a good, to get it's the, a good point. To get the idea of how firm it needs yeah. to be, because if it's if you if it's in your hand after it's been in the fridge for overnight and it feels swishy, then when you throw it right. in the water, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. So and that it, and Jeanette made one where we were having a discussion. She used the semolina, and I said no, it should have been double zero flour. Right. So she did the, the thing, and it was still soft. And I said no. So. I used the flour on the second dose of it and then did it again in my hand with the flour. So I had flour and a semolina on it. Right. And the flour, I think, was more absorbent than semolina. So, but it worked out. And so you can fix it. So even oh, okay. if it comes out too wet, you can still just give it more flour or more semolina and you can fix it. Oh, that sounds lovely. So, and it, it, it is, so you had, did you? Yes. Yeah, so there's the recipe, Barbara. Thank you, sir. Oh, I don't even have to look it up. I've got it. I'm putting it right yeah. here. Yeah, and it's once you once you do it, you don't even need the recipe. That's how simple it is. Well, yeah, because it well, that's it's like the three ingredients. Thing. <laughs> you know. And remembering you do, I do have the problem mm-hmm. of when I think of something. Yeah, you forget about it. Well, or <laughs> I'm just like, but I want it now. Oh. I don't want it tomorrow. Yeah. But that is something you can yeah. very well and again, do. Get the, like we just bought, I bought ricotta at the Costco. Right. And it's a big round one. It comes in like a pie thing. Yes. And actually, you can see all the water sitting at the bottom. So it's actually draining into the thing that they put oh, in it. Oh, that's good. And you, you can know, just- Because I want to make some calzones tonight. <gasps> and what time do you want us? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeanette eats early, 4.30, 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> early bird special. Yeah, the early bird special. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I feel like I'm letting us down because I'm back to a 70s, 80s classic. Okay. Well, that's a new classic. That's a new classic. Well, that might have been around in the 70s. I just be. never knew about it. Oh, no, uh, I know. I've never heard it's like giant gnocchi almost. Yeah. Like ricotta gnocchi. Yeah. But, oh, just so good. Easy. Go ahead. Next. Next. Okay. So there is a baked spinach dip. So mm-hmm. this baked spinach dip. But you can also make pinwheels. Do you Have you ever done those with yeah. tortillas? Well, I never did it, but I've, I've seen it done. Yeah. Mom made us squeeze how much spinach before our engagement party once. Like we had an engagement party at home and I don't know, all of a sudden it was just like, right, everyone is in the kitchen. Here's tea towels squeezing out frozen spinach oh. to get all the water out of it, put you to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, now Jeanette does that with, uh, she does with the nor, mm-hmm. and uh, I think she uses tin strip or tin prawns or whatever, oh, okay. drains all that out and then mixes it together, makes a dip out of it. Yeah. Well, see, these are all kind of similar where yeah. if you have the right stuff in your cupboard. Yeah, you, you don't even need a recipe. Just throw no, it together. And that's and pretty much this one has no um, measurements. So yeah. it's just throw it together. So bake spinach dip or you can do the pinwheels, right? Yeah. So you need um, either – now you're going to have to translate this, people. A 10-ounce pack of frozen spinach. Mm-hmm. Thawed and drained, which once you thaw it, 250 grams. Yep. 300 grams. You get, you stick it in a clean cloth, a tea towel, and squeeze all the water out of the spinach. Or you can use fresh spinach, but cook it and then drain it again. And get all the sand out. Get all the sand out. So I highly recommend the frozen spinach because. Jeanette buys it, it comes in little blocks of frozen spinach. It's great if you want to throw one in. I get that now too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you need that, some cream cheese, some mayo, some garlic. 
some parmesan, some Asiago. Where are you going to get that? Um, sometimes Eldi has it. Yeah. And sometimes markets. Oh, okay. Right. So um, onion powder, uh, salt and pepper, mm-hmm. and mozzarella. Yep. Right. You mix that all together. Um, you can put like a Monterey Jack in as well. And now our family, we always had water chestnuts in it. I like the crunch. Yeah. So mix it all together. And what you can do is you get a cob loaf, a round loaf, take the middle out. Oh, yeah. Carefully mm-hmm. because you're going to chop that up so people can use it to dip into. Put that dip into the cob and then bake it until oh. it's bubbly, mm-hmm. right? So you can do it that way or you can have it. You know, you want the cheese melty, so you wouldn't have it cold, but you can also put it in pinwheels as well. And so that is just getting a round tortilla, just roll that out. So you want a flour tortilla, roll it up and chop it and then put, they they look really pretty on a platter, but that's more if you're taking something into work. Like, you know, it's a bit big for a Thanksgiving hors d'oeuvre. And now... I think that's it. Do you have another recipe for us, Phil? No, I only did the one. You oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, no, that's okay. Oh. I, I understand that. Yeah. Well, I didn't think about it. I could probably think of another one, but you, you got time for me, letting me think? <laughs> was <tight. laughs> was it wasn't for about an hour and a half. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. That's but we could, a- you know, we still got a little bit of time here. So, Yes. Some of the other famous things that we talked about in the past to bring back up mm-hmm. is Mary Jane, how she does her, uh, her stuffing. Oh, yeah, yeah, tell. Okay, so she uses, because there's never enough stuffing. No, so She makes all right. the stuffing up in a the pan. Then she puts it into baking tins uh, for um, muffins, mm-hmm. in a muffin tin. Right. And she puts it in that, and then she bakes that. And yeah. then everybody has their own extra stuffing that's nice and crispy. Like, you know, the stuffing that you get at the backside of the turkey that's sticking out a little bit, that's crunchy. Well, yes. that's how all of this comes well, out. So see, you need to put a little bit of oil or butter on top of it. Oh, so yeah. it gives it that – it needs that fat, extra fat yeah. to get that crispiness. See, we are so afraid that we're going to kill someone that we don't actually stuff the bird. My whole family, it goes back. We stick it full of fruit. So like I have onions, uh, oranges, lemons in the yeah. in the bird. But I put mine in a pan. Yeah. Well, it, it, but it's nicer in, the, tin, in yeah. the baking muffin tin. Yeah, because you get crunchy all around. Because Qu- I was saying that corner piece like, everyone wants. Right. It's all like single serve. Yeah. Oh. You know. Okay. That's that's what makes it even better. But again, you know, and it's not the season here to get fresh uh, chestnuts. No. But, you know, like we said, my aunt used to throw the chestnuts in there, you know, <gasps> dice them up, throw them. And that's just extra taste and flavor. I don't know how the water chestnuts will be, but they, they might, well, they might do be crunch. crunchy. We, um, I actually made a mini Thanksgiving dinner during the middle of winter. Yeah. And then thought to myself, why don't I do this more often? Because you don't have to do the whole production, but you right. can make a little pan of stuffing. I had a rolled up turkey roast. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the big guy. And, you know, I made the sweet potatoes and all that, you know, yeah. and that was enough. And gravy. Yeah, you gotta have the gravy. Oh my god! And yeah. we had scalloped potatoes too. Mm. See, and that's also another thing. You know, a lot of people buy the the powdered ones, the instant ones, but to make it simply, scalloped potatoes. The recipes are all over the internet. It's a five minute process. Peel potatoes, cut them, in, you know, strips, and just layer. It was like lasagna, you know, just <laughs> layer it, and then you bake it, and it's done. And it's like, wow, the flour and the milk all came together and makes it that creamy. It worked. 
Yeah, it works so easy. Now, we your family, actually, potatoes are a touchy subject at Thanksgiving because yeah. we don't, unless it's scalloped potatoes, mm-hmm. my family doesn't serve potatoes. It's sweet potatoes. Yeah. A lot of people have mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, no. We, we never did. You no, know, like, we never had mashed potatoes. No, there's some Not people. very Italian, you know. Well, no, I know. But yeah, you we had roasted to- potatoes because the roasted potatoes, we you know, always done in a you know, cooking around the bird and all that. Always nice. with the fat of the turkey. <gasps> Ooh, I've never done roast potatoes yeah. like that. Yeah. I might have to But see, like also shit. going back to Jamie Oliver, he, he does it where he parboils the potatoes mm-hmm. and then he puts them into a, a calendar. Or I never knew what a calendar was. I thought it was the thing on the wall. Right. Because the to Italians, drain it. Uh, yeah, the Italians was a school of basta. <laughs> so, so you put it in a school of basta and you shake it around. Yes. And that makes it rough on the outside. And then they get more crunchy. Bits. Then, yeah. Oh, yes, I do mm. the half squished ones. Yeah. Or uh, you could do it with a fork too. Yes. Yeah. You know, just just beat it up on the outside a little bit. So mm. and that makes it crunchy. And then, but the other thing to do is even if you're not making a roast, you know, mm-hmm. I've done this plenty of times. Like in your air fryer, you know, put a pan in there. You can put a pan in your air mm-hmm. fryer. Yep. And then put your potatoes in there, and then you know, just rough them up, even with the Anything, a yep. fork, a knife, uh, the end of the uh, cheese grater or something yeah. like that. And then coat it with olive oil. And then whatever seasoning is like, of course, you need some salt, maybe, maybe some garlic powder or yeah. whatever, anything you like, toss it around in that. It'll and stick. Then bake it. You know, Put it into that air fryer and then cook until golden brown. Keep on turning it every five minutes or so. Perfect. Oh, yum. You know, nothing better than a crispy potato. Oh, I- like I have done them in duck fat before too, and that's Ooh. been very good. Now you had—we were lucky enough to have Thanksgiving meal with you guys. Mm. And you had the Jeanette made the mushrooms. I think your mother made. Oh yeah, with the tomato sauce. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about that because that was really nice. So, you know, thinking back as a kid, my mother making them, she made it quite often when we had like a, even on a Sunday dinner. So go up to Key Food, buy. Remember the time you used to buy the mushrooms, and it comes in a little wooden. Yes. And it was long and oblong. Yeah, it was like thing. a um, like punnet thing. Yeah. But yeah. So she used to buy it that way. Cut them up. And she used to quarter them. Mm-hmm. Put them into some salted boiling water first. So she cooked it that way, drained it. And then she had like, I would say, diced tomato out of a can. Right. Put that in with onions and garlic. But very, it was very loose. It wasn't like a saucy sauce. And I think probably some water from the mushrooms mm-hmm. so because that would be like a mushroom consomme. Yeah. And then then just put them all together. So the onions were already softened. She'll, she'll cook that up with the with the tomatoes. Yep. And that was already softened. And then the mushrooms went in last. Oh, so good. It was. Just, you know. Very again, very simple thing. Now I don't know where she got that. I don't know if she got that recipe from my aunt or my grandmother. You know, because she's not Italian, putting tomato sauce in mm. in with mushrooms, or maybe it's something she thought of herself. You know. Well, it's it's nice to have a different side. I think that's where um, families sort of make it their own. Yeah. You know, and those those are the things you remember and you miss. Mm-hmm. So. I, because it's springtime instead of autumn, yeah. I end up, and the girls, even though I think they feel comfort singing on the table, I don't know how much they eat it anymore. Like yeah. Mackenzie would, I make asparagus because, first of all, it makes me think of where I come from, which mm-hmm. is a big asparagus growing area. But it's readily available, and I blanch it, and then I marinate it in um, basically vinaigrette for a day. Yeah. So chop red onion thinly. 
put that in there, some garlic, um, heaps of black pepper, um, a vinaigrette, balsamic vinegar vinaigrette, and then just flip it up, you know. Yeah. And See that, it. and that's like, you know, my mother and even Jeanette makes the asparagus that way with like with a vinaigrette. That's not my favorite way. <laughs> well, know. it's like, I serve it like a salad. It's cold yeah, yeah. when I serve it. Now, I've, I've just recently uh, seen where using wild mushroom, wild asparagus, which you, you probably can never get here. No. Uh, but you know, when you get the asparagus and it's the type of season when they're really thin. Yes. And you don't know, what am I going to do with these? Yeah, they're wispy. Yeah, wispy. Yeah. With pasta, with, with spaghetti. <gasps> oh, wow. So you basically cook them both together, drain it, and then I'll oil you it, you know, oil and oh, garlic. Be lovely. And with those real thin asparagus, that mm. looked really good. That uh, looks amazing. Actually, the thought of that is amazing. And again, just so simple. Oh, know. yeah. Well, it's the simple things often the yeah, best. Oh, the tastiest. And uh, one thing I do change because um, Mackenzie's vegan. So I do, um, I do a stuffed. I have a hard time this time of year finding a little pumpkin, yeah, or a little squash. But I'll do that, and um, I will make it my own stuffing because she loves the stuffing. So I make a version of that, but I kind of bulk it up with like mm. a grain, so like a quinoa or brown rice, and I put cranberries in it and try to put all the flavors yeah. of Thanksgiving that I can without but, meat and butter. Yeah, and then it, it, it goes also well if you do. Going to stuff you're talking about that. Yeah, and so, so just bake it. And a lot of people uh, make a wild rice stuffing. Mm, I've done that one year for Christmas, <sighs> though, and it's beautiful. Is, yeah, I mean, we have had that with a standing uh, pork roast. Oh, So lovely. where it's, you know, around and like, oh, here, like you go to a butcher, they could do a standing rib roast for you. Mm-hmm. Probably cost you about $600. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> But you can do that, and then that's your stuffing. But we had a – it's a Martha Stewart recipe mm-hmm. where she does that in her – I think her family Christmas one, which right. was one of her first ones she did. And you would go get dried prunes, and you soak them overnight in brandy, and that goes into your wild rice stuffing. That would be excellent. <sighs> that is so good. Oh, prunes mm. and pork, that would be lovely. Yeah. Now, the I, I bought ribs of the market. And at the Vietnamese butcher, because they use a lot of pork, but they cut their ribs differently. So they cut, I bought their ribs and they were really good. So they were really fatty, but they were short ribs. They were, yep. they were very small. But in theory, when I started to do them, I said, okay, I'm going to coat them and sous vide them, right? Mm-hmm. And then I said, all right, I'm going to cut them now because they are pretty dense, you know, with meat on the bottom of it. And after I cut them, I, and I, I put them down and I, I said, well, this is like a little mini standing rib broth. <laughs> so, so you can do it yourself. If, yeah. I mean, and then cooking them because there's so much meat on them. Okay. You can actually do a mini standing rib roast without going through all that expense. So just go to your local market, whether it be the Queen Vic or the Danion market or the yep. South Melbourne market in, in Victoria. I don't know where else you are that there's be a market around. And it's always Vietnamese butchers in there. Mm-hmm. And just look for their ribs. Right. Okay. Which are very, they look similar on the backside of it from American ribs until you turn <laughs> them over. Then they're a bit higher, you know, yep. and thicker. Uh, and just cut them. And then you can make a big circle out of them. And then you can and roast you it. And then you can put your stuffing in the middle of that. Okay. And when are you going to try that? When are you doing that? Well, I already did these versions of ribs. So, so the other thing, what I do with my ribs, all right. Yes. And so I would season them 
first. So I would use either the Zach's uh, seasoning, the the sweet rub. Yep. Or I had this other one that I got out of um, uh, Las Vegas uh, for uh, one of the places that it, uh, he's a butcher there. And he, mm-hmm. and I tried to get him to make me rubs that we could sell here. Never happened. <laughs> but he had really some really you know, coyote rub, he calls it, and stuff like that. Really different right. than anything else on the market. So I did one with that, one with, one with the other. And then because I'm not going to cook it as such – uh, for a long time on a slow cooking, I did one with the, the barbecue sauce already in it. Mm-hmm. So I did so I did it three different ways because I had enough to it and then put it all in the sous vide 30 hours, take it out and, and in the airtight bags and then freeze them. And then when and I- And you're ready to go. And they're ready to go. Defrost them and then put them, like we cut them up. And then they go into the air fryer mm-hmm. until they're seared and you're done. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. And so yeah, anything again, you can do ahead, ahead, and especially something that takes all those hours to make, mm-hmm. because to make uh, you know ribs or any type of that slow meat it takes hours, you know. Yeah. And the sous vide is really good because you you can't ruin it; it's almost impossible. Oh, that's yeah, you know. that's probably what I need. Oh, Brendan needs that when he goes to find um, pork brisket. Yeah. <laughs> So like brisket, it's another meat that you could do in that. So with a brisket, you would put it into a you know an airtight bag and put it into a sous vide, let it cook for you know at sixty degrees for thirty hours. Yep. You put a little bit of a wrap over the top so the evaporation doesn't go away, so it doesn't evaporate all the water. And uh, the next day, you wake up and take it out and either brown it off then or freeze it and have it some other time. Oh, that sounds good. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think we I wandered think we, off the Thanksgiving things there. But that's okay because, you know, we are in a different country and turkeys might be hard to get this year. Yeah. So standing rib roast might fit in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of things are going to be available. Like for us, a uh, pumpkin is pretty uh, difficult. Yes. Yeah. Where there's the great world pumpkin shortage. Mm-hmm. And, well, and transportation yeah, problems. So, and, you know, supply chain is yeah. a nightmare. So, but then if you have a lot of people at your house, those ribs work really well. Absolutely. And that hundred dollars you spent for an A Nover is that brand of uh, sous vide, mm-hmm. and you can buy them online. They're about a hundred bucks. Worth doing. Well, Worth you doing. use it, and you were someone that has used it consistently since yeah. you got it, which yeah. so has to be good because sometimes you get those things and it's good for like the first three months, and then it's in the yeah. back of the cupboard and yeah. you forget about and it. Same thing with you know I, we spent all the money to get that those vacuum bag things. Yeah. So buying it, and then even at Costco, they sell the machine, and then they sell the the extra bags. Extra bags cost a fortune at Costco. They go two or three times a year on sale over at Aldi. Yep. For a third the price, or you buy them at Krogan online. Yep. Also for about third the price, you buy them at Aldi at uh, Costco. Costco. So there you go. Buy your machine there, and then get your bag somewhere else. See, we're chock full of information here. We're loaded. <laughs> Well, speaking of loaded, well, I think we'll go get loaded now. Okay, uh, get into the holiday spirit. That's right. Yeah. And now we are going to be taking a small break, and we'll be back with the, you say it, Phil. Oh, recipe roundy round, yeah. <laughs> rip a recipe roundup. Ah, yes, Woo. that's it. Woo-hoo. So this is our last show for November. It is. And don't forget the stuffing is the word. <laughs> If you want that discount, 
That's right. And if you want to come visit us in store, you can come to 73 Cochrane's Road, Moorabbin. We're now open late on Friday nights during the long summer evenings. We're open till 8 p.m. The rest of the week, it's 10 to 5. And Sunday, it is 11 to 5. Okay. And now we're going to go to the personal best and it's your turn today it's my turn now mine is a simple now i think everyone should wind up the last episode as well because it kind of ties in i love when we get this product in the shop because it gives me fond memories it is the air now put yourself close your eyes imagine yourself on the plane i'm playing they come around would you like a drink Uh, (laughs) may i have two it is the mr and mrs t's bloody mary mix but the plane size the airplane size. So this is 5.5 ounces. Enough for a drink and a bit. That's right. Yeah. How many mils? It has 163 mils in it. It's good. It's got no booze in it. No, nope. you got to add your own. Add your own. But I actually often just drink that straight. Yeah. No no booze in it. What's the matter with you? Well, but then You're I work not feeling my- well. <laughs> that is right. But, it's, but I get this at work mm-hmm. as well because I, it is – just spicy enough for me. Yeah. It's because it's not the bold one. Um, I feel like it, look, it's tomato juice, but not. Yeah. Exactly. It has a good flavor to it. I'm, you know, it's got, I'm sure it has celery salt and all that cocktail. Yeah, it has a lot of salt to it. Yes, yeah. That's right. Don't, that's why it's a why little you need the can. Alcohol and the ice. That's why it's a little can, but it's one of my favorite things. And it's the first thing I get on the plane. And I also have been known to stick that. When I've had a bigger bottle in the fridge or a Bloody Mary mix, I've often st- I can stick that into things I'm cooking. Oh, I want to add a little yeah. bit of zing, so I have done that to different tomato Gaspacho. sauces. That's right, like gazpacho. I've also done it. I know I threw some in some chili once that I did, and yeah. it hit the spot. Mm-hmm. But it just it's like a little container of joy for me, and um, thinking of being on a plane, which yeah. none of and us have been on for a while. It, like, you don't want to open up a big bottle and then no. for one drink. That's exactly right. Because I don't. Because it might be, I might just have it on the weekend. Yeah, I don't want have, it during the week. You have that way. urge, and, but not to drink. Yeah, to that's right. Now, yeah. we don't have that small of a can, but we do carry for our Canadian friends. Mm. You can get, we have um, Clamato also in yeah. sort of We have reordered that, the little ones. Oh, and there, it's the same thing. Same it's size. a great idea. Sometimes you just want a little taste of it. You yes. don't need a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. So that is my product yeah. that I do enjoy. you can make it with vodka? Absolutely. Tequila? Anything you like. You can some make people, it as you can add some more um Worcestershire or more Tabasco or anything yeah. you want in it as yeah. well. And um some people you ever had it with gin? I've never had it. Some with people gin. have had it. I know I can't put that together, that taste. I can't imagine that because gin to me just is citrus. It's not tomatoes. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, you put lemon in it and the Bloody Mary. Oh. But I don't know. Anyway, okay. so and if you haven't had a Bloody Mary before, this is the way to try it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now go. we're going to move on to our Ripper Recipe Roundup. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is taking the place of the uh, Nat Nash that we used to do? Yes. So, so. Just, uh, we pick out one from each category for each day of the week, and Barbara has National Cake Day. So National Cake Day. I thought, you know, sometimes you just want a little something. You don't want to make a whole cake. This takes all of five minutes. It's a vanilla mug cake. Oh, okay. And it's got sprinkles in it. So sprinkles make you happy. All right. So what you need is a quarter cup plus one and a half teaspoons plain flour, two tablespoons sugar, a quarter teaspoon baking powder, a dash of salt, two tablespoons of melted butter, 
three tablespoons of milk, a half teaspoon of vanilla, I'd put a whole teaspoon in, um, and a teaspoon of sprinkles. I would, if you can get some jimmies, like yeah. the, I get those myself. Um, so you add the flour, sugar, baking powder, and salt and mix them up in the mug. And then you stir in your milk, melted butter, and vanilla extract until smooth, um, making sure you scrape the bottom to get all the good bits up and then stir in your sprinkles. Mm-hmm. And cook in the microwave for 70 to 90 seconds. Oh. That's it. Until the cake is just set, but barely shiny on top, it'll grow. It's quite fun to watch. Allow to rest in the microwave for one minute and then go for it. Go for it. And you don't have to share it. If you're quiet enough, no one knows it's happening. (laughs) Make sure, yeah, just stand by the microwave. So when it gets down to one second, open the door. That's exactly right. (laughs) Before the beep goes off. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but. We got in the habit a few years ago. Ainsley got a mug cake cookbook for mm. Christmas, and we bet you can put chocolate cakes with peanut butter in oh, it. Yeah. It's quite, and you know, the restaurants mm. will make sort of little sponge cakes in the microwave. The microwave. Oh. So, you know, if it's good enough for them, yeah, it's, good, it's enough. good enough for us. Yeah. There you go. So, my go is uh, National French Toast Day. Oh, French, now, French toast is something like my mother made all the time. So I use my mother's recipe. Perfect. Okay. Which is basically crack open an egg, mm-hmm. you beat it up, pour in some milk, never measured anything, pour some milk <laughs> in. Don't measure. Uh, a little, you know, because the vanilla extract used to come in the bottle with that little bitty cap, mm-hmm. little cap full of vanilla extract <laughs> into it. Okay. Cinnamon. Yep. Beat it all up together. Get your bread, dip it in there. Then you have a hot pan. Melted butter. Oh yes, and then butter. you do it on each side. Press it. We used to when we turned on. We used to squish it down for whatever reason. <laughs> so we press it down. So I still make it the same way, and it's and I love it with you know putting syrup on it. But I also have to have it with jam. Oh, like strawberry jam. So when I'm nice. eating it, I cut it up and butter on it. Of course, a little bit of syrup, and then the. I don't know how much sugar I'm getting in the you morning. You don't want to think about it. It's no. sometimes food. And then they, the coup de trois. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Or coup de coup trois. De, whatever. <laughs> the coup, whatever. Bacon. Oh. Put it on t- with it, with the bacon. Blow your heads off. Magic. Oh, it is just magical. That yeah. sounds fantastic. And even the, like, you know, you want to make it better? Collie bread. Oh. So it's sweet bread. Yeah. So it's sweet bread. It's even better. You know, and so if you go to Costco, they have the Glicks bread. Yes. I don't know all the Costco, maybe just Sony and Victoria. And if you slice it nice and thick and let it sit in that, you know, the batter and then do oh, it. Yeah. So good. Oh, oh that's so good. very nice. Mm. We have a tradition in our house, the um, first day of school and the last day of school, mm. French toast. French toast. You make it the same way? A little bit different. Mom does a little bit different um, where she would do – make almost a batter. So what you've done with mm. a bit of um, flour, yeah, just a bit, like more eggs mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of baking soda, baking powder. Oh, okay. So same thing, dipping it, but it kind of puffs up. Yeah. So it's the opposite of your squish. Yeah. So, but the kids love it. And my friends, when they would stay over, they would go, is your mom making French toast? <laughs> <laughs> So yummy, and that's why that was like the special 
last day of school, first day of school. And you just need stale white bread. That's all you need. And sometimes you go, oh, I'm just going to let those two sit out for a little bit. Yeah. The only time, like like a lot of people don't buy white bread anymore, you know. Uh, but if you're going to make French toast, you need white bread. You need – that's exactly what you need. Or <laughs> yeah. the holly, yes. Or, or the holly. Yeah, but don't use wholemeal bread or oh, bread oh. with seeds in it. Ugh. I have made for little ones. When the kids were little, I made it in sticks. Oh, yeah. So I chopped it up in like yeah. thirds or fourths and kind of mm-hmm. fried them that's that like way. It's like the frozen bread. You know, <laughs> that's <it's some> frozen <laughs> that's right. And little hands could hold it. Yeah. And then uh-huh. the other thing, you, know, you could always make a bunch of them. And freeze them individually yes. in a little bag and then take them out and put them in the toaster. But like, I think the whole idea of the vanilla, because we do vanilla, same thing, vanilla and cinnamon, that is the difference yeah. rather than plain old. Yeah. Yes. And then the last time that I was in the States, I uh, met with John, one of our suppliers, and uh, they have a whole bunch of stores to this company. And we're walking around and, you know, they have like a cabinet filled with the alcohol and like the premium stuff like with a lock and key. And they're walking down. And a little bottle of vanilla extract, which used to cost dollar ninety nine, right? Like thirty two eighty eight. You know, like John, why isn't those in the lockup cabinet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the price of vanilla extract has gone through the roof. Through the yeah. Well, went through the roof and gone to the moon. Mm. You know, it's just crazy. Well, I've noticed it because when I I buy some and then I. Oh, you know, I'll buy it and then I'll run out of it in a year or yeah. whatever. Like I'll buy a few. And then it was the same thing. I was like, how much did they want? Like my firstborn yeah. it as well. <sighs> silly, silly, silly. All the chefs out there now want to use French, you know, real vanilla. That's why. <laughs> yeah. They want the, the, the beet, the, the pods. Yeah. yeah. So you can get the little paste they can as well. Scrape it. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, so you could do this one because it's one of your favorite oh, chefs. Auntie Julia. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is true. This is, I think Tony Cruz might agree yes. with this too. People who love to eat are always the best people. There you go. There we go. And thank you very much. Next week promo, tell me, producer. Christmas gift ideas. <laughs> Christmas what? Christmas gift ideas. Oh, Christmas gift ideas. That is what yes. we're going to talk about. We're yeah. going to talk about, you know, so maybe something for the baker that you love. And the candlestick maker. <laughs> And the person who likes sweets, the person you don't know what to get. Yep. So these are all ideas. We, it's all going to be good to a lot of stuff that we sell. That's so, right. But we'll try not to make an advertisement out of it, but just to give no. you general ideas of how yeah. to get your brain ticking about what can I give Aunt Janie or what can I give this kid or something, you know. That's right. So it's time to sort of pick up a few bits and pieces as you're out and about. So we will do our best to and help stocking you. stocking stuffers. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then, of course, what to give to the uh, your local alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget that. That'd be my present. Yeah. Just joking. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a problem, and neither you are drinking because we don't go to meetings. Then <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> All and right. everybody knows who we are. We're not anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is right. And All right thank so, you. And we'll talk to you next time. Yes, we will. See you then.